One semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two experts. I'm Kristen Pitts. I'm Brandi Egan. Let's go to court. On this episode, I'll talk about the dangers of baking cookies for your neighbors. And I'll be talking about that time Santa robbed a bank. Oh, Santa. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Ladies and gentlemen. And Happy New Year. Yeah. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa. Merry Kwanzaa? Did I say Merry Kwanzaa? Uh, No, I don't know what they say. Is it Happy Kwanzaa? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays to everyone. Happy Holidays. Yes. Whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate. Thanks for tuning in to this (laughs) very special holiday edition of Let's Go to Court. I put up my Christmas tree just for this occasion. Oh, what have we been looking at for... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> three weeks before this. <laughs> now the listeners don't think they're special. <laughs> you get that propel nice and stirred up there, Kristen? Woo! Woo! Here we go. Getting those electrolytes. I need them. Yeah. I'm feeling very lightheaded. Woo! <laughs> you pass out on this episode. <laughs> would just be par for the course for how this day has started. <laughs> Yeah, guys, just so you know how this is going, Brandy showed up um, at our previously agreed upon time, which was 5 p.m. Okay, I put it in my calendar. Hold on. I'm going to look at my calendar. Okay, here we go. Pulling it up. The lie detector says. Oh, shit. It's 5 o'clock. Yes. Damn it. Well, the important thing is I knew in my head it was 530. So I got back from a run at like 4.45, maybe 4.50. I was like, I've got to run. I'm going to go take a shower. I went upstairs, kind of just stood around for a second. And then I heard Norman talking to someone. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Brandy is showing up half an hour early. I would never show up half an hour early. (laughs) How dare you? I would never. Like, legit, that would never happen. Because I would. I would see that as being super rude. Um, This week, I showed up an hour early to something. What? I, You know me. I'm not an early person either. So... For my novel writing Are you operating on some kind of different time zone this week, Kristen? I think I am just like, (laughs) something's wrong with me. Something's very wrong. So like, I don't know. I was all stressed out. I had this novel writing group that I always go to on Thursdays. So like, we always meet a little before five. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Like, I stopped being able to, like, recognize time. <laughs> I got there a little before four. What? I don't know. And I, like, I, I never beat her to the place. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I texted her. I was like, hey, I snagged us a booth. And Kitty was like, uh, right, right now? <laughs> <laughs> you did this now? <laughs> and I had to be like, oh, whoops. <laughs> So we'll see how we do on this episode, Excellent. folks. I can't, I can't wait to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> it probably won't be good. All right. Well, first things first, I do know that I'm going first. Excellent. So that's a step above. That is. Yes. A step above what? <laughs> above that one time when we had that really awkward banter in the yeah, beginning. Yeah, where you I like, thought, kept waiting for me to start. Yeah, and it was my turn to start. <laughs> Oops. Okay. Brandy. Around the holidays, some people like to bake cookies 
for their neighbors. Mm-hmm. I don't bake them for my neighbors, mm-hmm. um, just because I don't really know my neighbors that well. How long have you uh, lived where you've lived? Like 10 years? Uh, yeah, what about it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and both my neighbors have also lived there as long as I have, so... I don't know. We're just not a close neighborhood. It's not really a neighborhood. So mm. kind of a weird little collection of weird just homes, <laughs> just like a couple of homes and then a park. Okay. So anyway, I bake cookies. I think I said bake weird. You said bake. <laughs> I bake cookies for my friends and family members and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. You bake amazing cookies. Thank you. I, I do sometimes bake cookies for my neighbors mm-hmm. for the holidays. But yeah. man, I'm about to tell you this story. Is that going to keep you from ever doing that again? This will scare the pants off of all the nice people listening to this podcast. Excellent. Prepare to get your pants blown off. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so just to be clear, this terrifying crime did not take place around the holidays, but I do think it's timely because... This is a time of year where you do take baked mm, goods I see to you've neighbors. cheated on our holiday-themed episode. I really don't think I have, because this is a timely warning for people, you know? Okay, let me just say for a second, it was your idea to do a Christmas-themed episode. Maybe it was my idea for me to listen to a Christmas theme. <laughs> and I succeeded. Wonderful. Okay, we're in Durango, Colorado. 18-year-old Taylor Ostergaard and 19-year-old Lindsay Zaletti were hanging out when they got an idea. Why don't we make some chocolate chip cookies and some sugar cookies and take batches to our neighbors? Excellent. Okay. So nice. Nice? (laughs) Really? It seems nice. Hmm. That's one person's opinion. No! They said, hey, why don't we make this kind of fun? We'll do it anonymously. We'll make up these little plates, and we'll put a heart-shaped note on each of the plates that say, have a great night, from the T&L Club. All right. Lindsay later said, we just wanted to do something nice for other people, to let them know other people care about them, even though they didn't know who it was. Okay, this is shaping up oddly because I would never eat cookies just left on my front porch by a stranger. Okay, well, maybe you're descended from royalty or something. You're afraid of being poisoned. (laughs) You would eat random cookies left on your front porch? Here's the thing. When you say it like that, I would say no. But there have been times, like at work. I remember there was one time at work, I like went to a meeting, I came back to my desk, and there was a cupcake just on my desk. No note, no nothing. No one else in the office was eating cupcakes. You looked around to see if anyone was looking, and then you just inhaled it in one bite. I didn't even look around that much. I just (laughs) ate it. And it wasn't until later that I thought, God, I'd be easy to poison. Yeah! (laughs) So I don't know. I I might eat them. I'm pretty particular about where my food comes from. You're particular about food in general. What do you mean where it comes from? What do you... Like, I don't... So, like, say you go do to, you like... Do you do a potluck? Yeah, so you go to a oh. potluck. I typically won't eat anything that comes from a house that I've never been to before. That's probably Because I don't smart. know what conditions that was prepared in. 
Uh, yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. Yeah. I think. Okay. I think big potlucks like at work and stuff yeah. are super gross because yeah. you just don't know. You just don't know. I'll I'll eat something at them if I can see that it's clearly like packaged from the store. Yeah. Or if like my good work friend made it. Yeah. Those are like the instances where I'll actually eat it. But, but, but like, okay, so for example, uh-huh. I bowl in a bowling league. Yes. So the Wednesday, so next, the Wednesday before Christmas, I realize we're recording this before <laughs> Christmas. So some Wednesday, the Wednesday before Christmas, we do like, they do like a food night. where Now brings, people know that we're not talking to them live. But, yeah, <laughs> I think they already knew that, Kristen. Um, the, people bring in treats and they put it all out on a table and whatever. Yeah. Well, I don't know any of those people. I'm not eating any of that. Never been to any of their houses. Mm-hmm. Unless I can clearly tell that that was purchased and brought directly here. I'm not eating it. I admire your self-control. <laughs> I really don't have that much self-control. Like, Obviously you do, though, because, like, I can tell you, if if I'm in a potluck situation, yeah, I'm kind of snobby. I've kind of got my nose in the air. But if something yeah. looks good enough. Yeah. Mm, mm. Here's the other thing. I also don't try dips usually because I don't like mayonnaise, and I'm always worried that they're mayonnaise based. Oh, you know, people get those like I know people based. get those like dip mixes. Yeah, and they yeah. make a dip, and yeah. it's always mayonnaise based. So I don't eat dips either. <laughs> You're cutting yourself off from a lot of fun by not trying. <laughs> you the know dip. what? I have never been to a get together that I didn't have fun at, Kristen. So. Now I want to invite you to some shitty <laughs> okay. I bring the fun with me. You know, it's true, though. You do really bring the fun. I'm trying to think if I've ever been to a get-together with you that was lame. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really always has been a good time. Okay. Arrogant bastard. <laughs> so Lindsay and Taylor made the cookies, got into their car, and started driving around their neighborhood in rural Durango. Their rule was if a house had its porch lights on, they'd stop. They'd run up to the front door, knock, leave the cookies, and then run away. At about 10.30 p.m. What? Yes. I'm They're doing you. it at 10.30 p.m.? I'm with you. So here's the thing, and I can't remember... The exact time frame. They started, I think, at like 9.30, and they just, you know, they're in this rural area. They kept going, I agree with you completely. It's too late. It's too late. It's way too late yeah. to be ringing people's doorbells. Yeah. I don't care how much thought you put into those cookies. Yeah. At about 10.30 p.m., they knocked on the door of their neighbor, Juanita Young. But here's the thing. Juanita was terrified. Her house had been burglarized not that long ago. So she's just sitting there in her house at 1030 at night, and she sees these shadowy figures outside. Yeah, that would be terrifying. And they're banging on her door. Yeah. So she yelled, who's there? Who's there? Who's there? Three times. And no they answer. said nothing. Yeah. And so she just got out her shotgun and shot through the front door. <laughs> The girls stayed silent because they wanted it to be a surprise. Uh 
Eventually, the shadowy figures ran away. Juanita was freaked out. She immediately called the police, and soon an officer arrived. The officer kind of checked things out, looked around, and determined, you know, there doesn't seem to be any crime here. There's no vandalism, no evidence of anything sinister. It's just a plate of cookies. <laughs> but Wanda kind of wasn't, wasn't ha- or I'm sorry, Juanita. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you are the worst at people's names. You I'm change terrible. people's names all the time. I'm so lightheaded right now. <laughs> oh my God, do you need to eat something? You know, okay, folks, I'm... Tell them about how you're trying to make your skeleton smaller. (laughs) Here's the deal, guys. I'm super cheap. I've got a wedding I'm going into in like two weeks. And like, I went shopping for a dress, but there's one that I really like. It's a little snug, so I'm doing keto, and I'm about to pass out right now. Okay, because you have nowhere to lose weight. It's just bones. Well, I appreciate that greatly. <laughs> like your skeleton takes up like a specific amount of room. You can't make it smaller. <laughs> Tell that to this dress that is hugging me in all the wrong places. <laughs> so yeah, I um, you said I might be having the keto, keto flu. flu. I, I bet you I have think it. I might be having it too. Yeah. How do I look though? Beautiful as always, radiant. I know that's not true because I stink real bad. I can't smell I, you, so... Oh, well, that's good. Lucky for you, I still have this sinus thing going on. Oh, God. Okay, so Wanda, Juanita... Yeah. Wandra... <laughs> whatever. She's still freaked out. Her husband isn't home. She felt really uneasy, so she took her 86-year-old mother and adult daughter... And they all just spent the night at her sister's house. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, yeah, these weirdos were at my door at 1030 knocking. Don't like it one bit. So Juanita goes to her sister's house, but she could not get herself calmed down. The next morning, she was still upset. She was shaking. Her stomach was in knots. It's, it's kind of hard to know what was going on. It seems like she was having a panic attack. Uh, but she, at any rate, she went to the emergency room with symptoms that seemed like a heart attack. Uh Somehow, word got out about what happened. The girls found out that their attempt at this nice gesture had just scared the shit out of their neighbor, and they felt awful. This was totally not their intention to send their neighbor to the hospital. Taylor said, We had no idea about the burglars, We felt so horrible when we found out that we had caused someone harm or made them feel upset. So they wrote Juanita an apology note and said, essentially, we are so sorry. Yeah. Did they leave it with a plate of cookies (laughs) on her doorstep at At, 1030 at at night? At midnight, they went. (laughs) Not aggressively. (laughs) They wore ski masks. Should they not have worn ski masks? That might have been what did did it in. (laughs) Their parents reached out and said, please, let us pay for your medical expenses. We're Mm -hmm. so sorry about all this. We insist. But months went by and things got a little weird. Both the Ostergaards and the Zaletti families were like, hey, we want to pay your medical bills. We will absolutely do it. Just show us the bill. Yeah. And then Juanita says that they then said, once we pay for your medical bills, sign an agreement saying that after we pay your bill, we're all squared away. Yeah. 
Juanita thought about it, but she didn't like that. She didn't think that the girl's apologies were sincere. Really? Yeah. Wow. I know. I know. I, I think they're going way and above and beyond what would have been I agree. necessary. I agree. Wow. Come on, Juanita. She was angry. She thought the girls needed to learn a lesson. And the best way to teach them that lesson was by saying, Let's go to court! (laughs) So Juanita sued Taylor and Lindsay in small claims court. She wanted her medical expenses paid, plus $3,000 in additional damages, including for lost wages. What wages did she lose? I'm not really sure. It was hard to find the exact court documents on this, but yeah. I, you know, I I think she was being kind of silly. Uh, yeah, sounds like it. I also, for the record, think it was crazy to knock on someone's door at 1030 I at agree. night. Yeah, but I mean. But, but I think saying, oh my gosh, we're so sorry. That was never our intention. Yeah. I think that's enough. I agree. And especially let us pay your medical bills. Yeah. Wow. wow. Great. Yeah. yeah, we're all squared away. Uh, apparently not. Woo. So they go to court. The girls had dropped off cookies at nine different houses that night. And six of the people who received the cookies wrote letters, which were entered into the court record, saying that they really enjoyed the cookies. <laughs> Ultimately, the judge, Doug Walker, sided with Anita, with Juanita, though. God <laughs> damn! <laughs> he ordered Taylor and Lindsay to pay about $900 to cover Juanita's medical bills. He said they'd been out pretty late doing this. He kind of sympathized with Juanita, but he said he didn't think that Taylor and Lindsay acted maliciously. After the judge handed down his decision... Taylor sobbed. That day, neither of the girls talked to the media. They said they didn't want to say anything hurtful, so they decided not to say anything yeah. at all. I don't blame them. I think that's crazy. You think the judge made the wrong call? I don't. I mean, I'm glad he didn't award Juanita like, all that ex- all the extra $3,000. I don't know. I think that... I think it was a nice gesture of them to offer to pay the medical bills, mm-hmm. but to now have it court ordered, like, yeah, I, I think it's kind of ridiculous. I, I think it is. I think you have to ask yourself what's reasonable to expect when yeah. I go and knock on somebody's door at 1030 at night and I don't answer. I think it's reasonable to expect that, Hey, they could get kind of freaked out. I don't think it's necessarily reasonable to expect Oh my God, they're going to get so freaked out that they're going to have a panic attack and have to go to the hospital. Exactly. You know, I don't think you can really. Yeah, I totally agree. But anyway, Juanita did talk to the media. She said, The victory wasn't sweet. I'm not gloating about it. I just hope the girls learned a lesson. Wow. Yeah, you're making a face. You think they learned a lesson about being nice to their neighbors? That okay, your face sums up the world's reaction to this yeah. story. Because in an actual court, Juanita won. But this story made international news uh-huh. in the court of public opinion, 
the girls won. Yeah, I agree. People felt terrible for the two girls. They were like, oh, my God, they were just trying to do something nice. Yeah, you know, maybe they didn't do it the exact right way, but what kind of message does this send to them? Yeah. People didn't like the court verdict, so they took action. Otis Spunkmeyer... The cookie company? Yeah, created a kindness cookie <gasps> in honor of the girls. Oh, that's nice. And to generate some good PR well, for of themselves. Of course, Kristen. <laughs> some news sources didn't name. They just said a cookie company. And I was like, oh, that's shady. They don't yeah. want to give them any publicity. Then they gave Taylor and Lindsay a year's supply of cookie dough and countertop ovens. The fuck's a countertop oven? I assume it's one of those like ones that you're like, oh, is that a weird microwave? Oh, no, it's one of those oven things. <laughs> <laughs> My in-laws have them. They love them. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? I've never had that conversation before, Kristen. <laughs> oh, what's that? A weird microwave? No, it's one of those countertop ovens. <laughs> With okay. like a twisting nipple motion okay, you did yeah. with well, your hands. I did that with one hand. You're doing you it with both it with hands. Both. I think you're fantasizing that I did it with both. <laughs> this is your sick Christmas well, you turn on your oven. <laughs> Good God. Brandy, this is a family podcast. I don't think it is. <laughs> Our explicit podcast is great for kids. That's right. No, it's not. Please don't let your kids listen to this. <laughs> Denver radio station KOA covered the story. And at one point they decided, hey, why don't we see if we can get people to donate enough money to cover what Taylor and Lindsay owe Juanita? Yeah. And boy, did they. The girls only owed Juanita like 900 bucks. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 930 bucks. Yeah. But the station raised 5000 Oh, that's awesome. All the extra money went to a charity for Columbine High School shooting victims. I think this was around the early 2000s. Uh-huh. Everybody wanted a piece of this story. The Tonight Show with Jay Leno called. So did the Today Show. But Taylor and Lindsay turned them down. Lindsay's mother said they turned down the Leno show because they were afraid he might make jokes at Juanita's expense. Wow, they really are sweet girls. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's terrible. Then John Elway reached out. Who's that, Kristen? He is a football player. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> Do you want to tell everyone about a jerk you were when you offered me $10,000? <laughs> I offered. We were talking about basketball players the other day. Mm-hmm. I am a big college basketball fan. Not a big NBA fan, but Kansas Jayhawks, huge fan. Rock Chuck Jayhawk. And so we were talking about it at lunch the other day. And first I asked Kristen to name five NBA players. Which I did. She did. Fabulously. And then I told her, I told her, first of all, her NBA players (laughs) were all like, have been retired for 20 years. So I asked her to name two current players. I did that, right? She did it. Okay, yeah. And they were both somehow related to the Kardashians. What are you saying? I I know those guys from the hours I've spent watching basketball. So then I told Kristen that I would pay her $10,000 if she could name me the, was it, did I ask for any current college no, basketball player? No, you were like the center. For the center for the Jayhawks. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's a seven Otis foot tall. Spunkmeyer. <laughs> Kristen, as I predicted, could not come up with his name. You should have seen the look Do you, on her. I'll, I will give you $100 if you can remember his name right now. This conversation happened three days ago. <laughs> you know, I'm very flattered that you dropped the price so much because it shows that you feel like my memory is pretty good. I feel like there's maybe a chance you can come up with it. I remember. So it's an African name. <laughs> No, I just and told you he's African. Did you just say yeah. it? Oh, damn it. Um, no, I I can't. As a bouquet. You guys, I did remember. I just didn't want to take $100 <laughs> from Brandy. This close to Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> she just wants to buy those Christmas shoes for her mom. Oh, God. Oh, I hate that I hate song. that song so much. Can you pay <laughs> God. Okay, <laughs> torture for real torture. Yeah, recordings of children singing Christmas songs. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't care for it. Also, with or without you by you two. I see. Mm. I know you love. Uh, I don't. I you don't like you two. I am a huge music person, and I know they're a huge popular band. Cannot stand you two. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to fight me on I'm this. I'm not. I knew that would surprise you because I knew you were going to be like, well, I know you're a fan. You like, <laughs> you like music. You're so good at imitating <laughs> me. <laughs> anyway. So they turned it down because they didn't want anybody poking fun at Juanita yeah. or Wanda or Anita. <laughs> <laughs> or any of her other aliases. <laughs> Oh, then John Elway reached out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I'm totally familiar with because he played played football and um, has been in many commercials. <laughs> Ask me anything. <laughs> Wait, do you not know anything about John Elway? I just, Zach and I went to Colorado last year for our 10th wedding anniversary, and we had our anniversary dinner at Elway's Steakhouse. <laughs> Which is owned by John, John Elway. <laughs> well, congratulations. <laughs> that sounded sarcastic. I really do congratulate you too. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Okay. God, I'm going to say this for the 50th time. Then John Elway what? reached out. I know, I know. He wanted to meet Taylor and Lindsay, but they were like, nah. Really? So Taylor was the captain of her basketball team, uh-huh. and they had a game. So she didn't want to ditch her team. Uh-huh. And Lindsay had already committed to judge a livestock show, and she didn't want to go back on her word. Judging a livestock show? It said that she was, like, set to go to college in Kansas. I'm thinking K-State for sure. For sure. Yeah. Agriculture. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Got it. Letters poured in with support for the two girls. And even though their legal expenses were already covered, people still wanted to do something. Mm -hmm. So people started donating to Taylor and Lindsay's college funds. Wow. They also donated to scholarship funds for Columbine High School students. That's cool. Yeah. Things did not go as well for Juanita, though. Mm, Maybe because she was being an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, you might feel like maybe her husband, Herb, was the real asshole here. Okay. Or not the real asshole. Maybe like they were a good match. What did you call him? Herb. Oh, that's right. I thought you said Herb. No, no. (laughs) His real name is Parsley. (laughs) Everyone hated them. Oh. They got hate mail. That would be really rough. Yeah, no, it's... I do think she made the wrong decision, but... But yeah, you don't... Yeah. I don't think she could have predicted international hate mail. No, definitely not. Nor is that warranted. No. Yeah. People have too much time on that. Well, and you're no better than she is now. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, I think this happened in the early 2000s. So can you imagine if it happened today? Oh, my gosh. Juanita and Herb have no idea. No idea. It got so bad that they unplugged their phone at night because they were getting so many nasty calls. From the charger? It was the landline. (laughs) (laughs) Then random people started leaving elaborately wrapped cookie baskets on their door. Oh, shit. At like three o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Someone even sent them an envelope filled with Oreo crumbs. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that... Not cool yeah, and weird. a waste of an Oreo. No kidding. Why? Maybe. Do you know what I'd do for an Oreo right now? <laughs> I, I can imagine. Um, I'd I, turn the knobs on my <laughs> your oven. oven. <laughs> turn that oven right on. <laughs> um, I wonder if maybe it was a full Oreo when they put it in the mail. <laughs> and through the processing became Oreo crumbs. That's it. We're going to abandon the podcast and we're going to do a series just investigating this little Wonderful. <laughs> I think it really depends on how far it came from. Yeah, where was it, it in from? a padded envelope? Because mm-hmm. Oreos kind of stick together pretty they well. Pretty, they do. But if it's going through a sorting machine, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just thinking that thing's flinging all over the place. I wish you guys could see Brandy, Brandy's impression of a sorting machine. <laughs> It's like, and then there's conveyor belts. It's going up. <laughs> it kind of looked like you were trying to do like the walk like an Egyptian dance, yeah. but you were way too hyper. Yeah, yeah. I, that was my conveyor belt impression. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Juanita said, "I cannot believe that the American people have made superstars out of these girls. What a terrible lesson they have learned that they can take half truths." And with the assistance of the media, generate such an unwarranted outpouring of sympathy and financial support. They ought to be ashamed of themselves. Hmm. Girl, back down. Yeah. Calm down. I mean. Eesh. Half-truths. Yeah, where are the half-truths? And like. Yeah, they're getting a lot of sympathy and financial support. They didn't ask for any of it. No, and they didn't go on Jay Leno because they're trying to be nice. Wow. God. She said that the negative attention was so bad that she was thinking about resigning from her job as volunteer director of the local food bank. She'd been running the food bank since 1990. Wow. Yeah, I think that's unnecessary, too. Like, why would you stop? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Herb told the Associated Press, We've gotten horrendous phone calls, tons of hate mail, threats to our life. It's horrible. Nobody's hurt our side. I don't believe the girls meant for this to happen, 
but they could have prevented it from happening if they just shut their mouths when the, they came out of court. Now, they did. They didn't say anything. Right. So I don't know if maybe later they did some interviews or something. Wow. He said, now they are caught in something they can't control. Which, I... What, spreading kindness? Yeah. And raising money for scholarships? Yeah. The They've nerve. lost control. Yeah. Those assholes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so apparently Herb took his anger out on the girls. Taylor's parents requested a restraining order against him. They said he'd been making harassing phone calls. I'm sure he was. Yeah. He sounds a little Yeah. He admitted that he did call the Ostergaards when he found out that Taylor and Lindsay were talking to a newspaper. Apparently, he told them the gloves were off. Okay. This is, again, all started with cookies, folks. Be careful out there. The Ostergaards were granted a temporary restraining order against Herb Young. Things got so bad between the Youngs and the Ostergaards that they sat down together with their church elders. So both families are Mormon. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, Herb said, I'm sorry to say that I will probably never go back to church again. Which again, why would that? Why, why? is that solu the yeah, solution? what is that solving? I'm not going to work at the food bank anymore. I'm not going to go to church anymore. Why? Why? You're the one that's making... The decision to let this negatively impact your life. Do you think maybe he was just like, hey, kind of been looking for an excuse yeah, to not? Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After all was said and done, Taylor and Lindsay said that the response after the lawsuit was really affirming. They said they'd keep performing acts of kindness and that they were really sorry about what happened with Juanita. Lindsay said, we felt sorry for her and we still feel sorry. We didn't want to cause this lady any harm at all. The wow. End. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I think that Herb and Juanita handled that completely wrong. I agree. Yeah, that's terrible. Um, This did make me think, though, one time, this was a couple years ago, we were over at my parents' house. And, you know, my parents live on quite a bit of property and they have a gate around their property. Yeah. And it was like a summer night. It was like maybe, gosh, maybe 1030 at night, maybe yeah. a little later. All of a sudden, there was a knock at their front door. Which, which to get to their front door. Yeah, you're yeah. walking about a quarter mile. Yeah. And you'd have to get past a gate. So it was yeah. kind of like, holy crap. Yeah. Luckily, Peanut, the most vicious attack yeah. dog of all time, was there. And this was before the diabetes. So just imagine her. <laughs> We go, we open the door, Peanut's going crazy, and it's like five dudes. What? Yes. Yes, it was like five dudes standing there. They had like fishing equipment, and they were like, oh, hey. And my dad was like, what's going on? And he's kind of like, we're all, I mean, this was freaky, scary uh, yeah. shit. Um, That's like a, a, about to be like a home invasion. Uh, yeah, and man, these dudes could have, I mean, with no effort whatsoever, my dad was like, grab Peanut by the collar. Yeah. Peanut was going nuts, but he clearly wasn't holding her back at yeah. all. I was like, oh, okay. Um, and they were like, 
you know, teens, late, mm-hmm. early 20s. And they were like, oh, we just wanted to know if we could, you know, go fishing. And my dad was like, no. no. Okay, it's private property. Goodbye. Isn't that the weirdest thing? That's so scary. It was freaky. That's so scary. But I like, I after looking at this, I wonder like, were those just like kids who had just, it was the summertime, they just lost track of time and they were right. just being dumb? Right. Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, nothing ever happened, so... Thank goodness. Yes. Okay, let me go pee real fast. And then on our Christmas episode, we'll talk about a real Christmas story. Oh! (laughs) Burn! Okay, Smugs McGee. (laughs) I'm going to talk about that time Santa Claus robbed a bank. I'm so excited for this. Okay, so the majority of this comes from an article in the March 1930 edition of Startling Detective Adventures. (laughs) The article is called The Santa Claus Bank Robbery by Boyce House. He reported on this case at the time it happened. (laughs) And he sat in court during the resulting trials. On December 23rd, 1927... The streets of Cisco, Texas, were like something straight out of a Christmas carol. City sidewalks, busy sidewalks, were dressed in holiday style as the shoppers rushed home with their treasures. In the air, there was the feeling of Christmas. (laughs) The town square was filled with people rushing around to finish the last of their shopping, and children watched in delight as Santa Claus walked through town. Santa smiled as the kids ran up to him to tell him what they wanted for Christmas. But if their parents had been paying better attention, they would have seen that there was something a bit off about him. Oh, no. First of all, he was skinny. (laughs) He'd been doing keto. Yeah. He was also suffering the keto flu. (laughs) Then there was his suit. It was cheaply made with thin red fabric, and it was lined around the edges with dingy cotton, not fur. And finally, if anyone had looked closely enough, they would have seen that he was wearing ordinary clothes beneath the Santa suit. Oh, God. His pants and shoes clearly sticking out of the bottom. People let their children... T- okay, 1930s. It's ni- yeah, it's, not even, it's 1927. Okay. <laughs> Today, I'd be like, that guy's a pedo. Yeah. <laughs> but this Santa was playing to the kids, and he stood there stroking his whiskers as he listened to the children's Christmas wishes. Then, when they were done, he continued his walk down Main Street and entered the First National Bank. Inside the bank, a cashier looked up from his desk and said cheerfully, Hello, Santa! But Santa said nothing in return. Instead, he walked to the center of the bank and stood at that desk where, like, customers fill out their Mm -hmm. deposit forms Mm -hmm. and stuff. And again, the cashier called out to him, Hi, Santa! And again, Santa said nothing. Rude. Then, as all eyes were on the silent Santa, three armed men charged into the bank, yelling, <gasps> Stick them up, everybody! What? <laughs> no! At first, the people in the bank thought it was some kind of joke or skit or something. 
But when the men yelled it again and one man fired a shot into the ceiling, they realized it was no joke. One man gathered all of the employees and customers. One man stood guard just inside the door. And the third man stood armed at the teller's window. While all of this was going on, Santa walked through the cashier's office into the teller's cage and grabbed the gun that was kept beneath a drawer there. Oh, no! Now there were four armed men, and one of them was Santa Claus. That's terrible! (laughs) Santa Claus pointed the gun at the teller and ordered her to open the safe. The same one who'd been trying to say, hey, Santa? Different one. (laughs) That was a cashier this is the teller. So the cashier's the guy that writes like the cashier's checks and stuff. Oh. He's like a step above a teller. Oh, excuse me. He's got a whole office. Teller has a cage. <laughs> Did you work at a bank once? I mean, you no. seem very defensive and <laughs> My knowledgeable. My sister worked at a lot, at a couple banks. Yeah. 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 Um, so he points the gun at her and he's like, open the safe. And as she did so, he pulled a sack labeled Idaho potatoes out from under his suit, and he began loading it up. In all, he stuffed it with $12,200 in cash. Ooh, adjusted for inflation. And $150,000 in securities, which I looked into this. We had a question about what the fuck securities were. It's like stocks and bonds. Oh, okay. According to one article I read. (laughs) (laughs) Adjusted for inflation. Yes, bring it on. That's about $170,000 in cash and almost $2.1 million in securities. Whoa. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad at all. Not, not a bad haul. What the four armed men had failed to notice at this point, though, was that shortly after Santa walked into the bank, Mrs. B.P. Blassengame and her... <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sounds like you made that up <laughs> on name. the spot. It's a real name. BP Blassengame <laughs> and her six-year-old daughter Frances had followed in behind. Blassengame's daughter had seen the other children talking to Santa and wanted to tell him what she wanted for Christmas too. So they had. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking weird. Also, but uh, not, <laughs> not, not, <laughs> why did I say that sentence so weird? You know what it sounded like? It sounded like you had everything written on an index card and you had to flip it. <laughs> right, I just didn't. Anyway, Blast and Game's daughter had seen Santa talking to the other kids and she was like, Mom, I want to tell him what I want for Christmas. And right. so they'd rushed across the street because they were kind of on the other side of the square. They rushed across oh, the street. Oh, no. So they walk in yeah, on this so by the time robbery. That they, by the time they get to where Santa was talking to the other kids... He had already headed off. Right. And so they followed him to the bank. Oh, no. As soon as Mrs. Blassingame had realized what was happening inside the bank, she and her daughter had not complied with what the armed men had told everybody to do. So what? they gathered everybody together. But Mrs. Blassingame hadn't listened. She and her daughter were inching slowly closer and closer to the side exit. Oh, my. And no one had noticed. Oh, my God. So, like, one guy's watching everybody. Well, one not guy's everybody. watching the front door. Uh-huh. One guy's watching the teller cage. And then the Santa is in the safe. Right. And so Mrs. Blassengame gets the door open about the same time that Santa got all of the money into the bag. 
She opens the door, unlatches the screen door because this is the 20s. So there's not air conditioning. So lots of places right. had like these exits with these like screen doors so they could open it up and get like an airflow through the place. Wait, it's a screen door. You say? <laughs> <laughs> we still have screen doors today. <laughs> I think it's weird that a bank would have a side door with a screen on I it. I agree, but I think you're over explaining <laughs> the concept of a screen. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> anyway. She takes the latch off, which is like a hook, and you put the hook in through the other I'm side. Not, and that just I'm not keeps the screen it. door from just like slamming against the door jam in the wind. I, I'm afraid. I just <laughs> don't quite understand. So she pushes the screen door open, and she tells her daughter to run. And she wow. is taking off after her through the door when one of the men realized what was going oh, on. God. And he yelled, stop or I'll shoot. Oh, God. But this brave woman could not be stopped she took off running and she kept running even after she heard a shot ring out <gasps> she ran down the alley across a vacant field all the way to the police department where she informed authorities that there was a bank robbery going on at first national bank with the exception of mrs blassingame's escape everything in the holdup, had gone according to plan. With the loot loaded into the bag, the four men headed toward the side door where their getaway car was waiting in the alley. When one of the men peeked out the door to see if they had a clear shot to the car, he saw that there were police posted on both ends of the alley. (laughs) One of the bandits, armed with two guns, began shooting in both directions. Oh, that only works in a movie, buddy. What happens next is like a fucking movie. Okay. So he looks out. He's like, there's police at both ends. Our getaway car's right there. So he takes two guns and he's like cross shooting both directions (laughs) out this door. It starts a full on like gun battle. Really? Yeah. But these robbers Uh will not be deterred. They're like, bullets? Fine. No big deal. So they start gathering up all of the people that are in there. No. And they're using them as human shields. No. So they force them out into the alley. And by this time, the people in town, the citizens of Cisco, have heard the shots ring out. Well, yeah. So what do they do? They come running they toward the shots. They grab their own guns oh and come running to the it's alley. Texas. I forgot it was <laughs> Texas. Texas. They grab their own guns. They come running towards the alley. There's people everywhere. There's guns everywhere. Bullets are flying every oh which way. Oh, my God. These four guys have shoved all of these people out into the alley, and they're almost to the car, and they are like, we got we to gotta do something to keep them from shooting at us once they get in the car. So they grab two little girls oh, that no. were in the bank. Horrible. There's a 10-year-old girl named Emma Ray Robinson and a 12-year-old girl named Laverne Comer. They'd been in the bank at the time of the robbery. So the men grabbed them and forced them into the car. Because you know, they figure... I'm starting to think. So what was her face? BP? Yeah. What's her Blast butt? game? Yeah. I don't know how I <laughs> forgot her lesson. I thought she was nuts for 
sending her six-year-old mm-hmm. and herself out of there. But she must have known these guys were super bad yeah. dudes. Yeah. And clearly they were. If yeah. They did this. Oh, my gosh. So they're like, we if we get these two little girls in the car, they're not just going to randomly shoot into our car as we drive away. Oh, my because gosh. Because the risk of shooting these girls would be too great. Ugh. So they shove these girls in the car. They all get in the car. Meanwhile... One of them's still, like, shooting around these little girls, like, at the police, at the people in the alley. And they take off, and they take off so fast that they, like, are going around a corner before the car door's even shut. And one of the little girls about falls out of the car. They, like, grab her at the last second and pull her back in. This story is crazy. It's crazy. (laughs) Holy. So they take off. I've gone completely off script, so let me figure out where the fuck I am. <laughs> I like it when you get so into it that you go I know. off script. I know. So they take off, and the scene they left behind in the alley was a grisly one. Over 200 bullet holes are no. counted. Police Chief G.E. Bit Bedford and Police Officer George Carmichael lay on the ground critically wounded. Bedford and Carmichael would both succumb to their wounds later. Mm. Bedford died on Christmas Day while Carmichael held out until January 17th. Six other citizens were also wounded in the gun battle. Terrible. Yeah. The bandits didn't stop until they made it to the outskirts of town. They stopped to take inventory of the situation. The car had taken on heavy damage from the gunfire. One tire was flat and they were losing gasoline fast. But due to bullet holes in the tank, like, so they, at first they thought they'd forgotten to fill up the tank. And then they see, like, no, it's coming out. Yeah, it's actually, like, one of the shots hit the gas tank. And so it's just, like, losing gas. And then among the four men, two of them were injured. One man was critically injured while Santa had been shot in the jaw and the Ooh. leg. Shot in the jaw. Shot in the jaw, yeah. Boy. Ugh. Deciding that they needed to ditch the getaway car, one of the men stopped an Oldsmobile driven by a 14-year-old boy accompanied by his parents and grandmother. Oh, no. The men forced the family out of the car, but the quick-thinking boy locked the ignition switch as he was getting out of the car, the bandits wouldn't learn that they couldn't actually start the car until <laughs> after they'd loaded their wounded comrades. So they've got one of their guys is like uh. super hurt. He's super, super wounded. He's bleeding everywhere. Um, so they load him into the car. They load their hostages into the car. They load their loot into the car. And then they get in the car. And then they find out that they, they can't start it because he's locked the ignition And switch. by this point, had the family like they've run like off? Run, run off. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So they're like, fuck, we can't start this car. Oh so my they're God. sitting there, they're trying to figure out what to do. And then they start hearing noises. The pursuers are like on, yes! they're on their way. They can see them in the distance. They're like, we've got to go. So they made the decision to go back to the other car. <laughs> so they, they move their hostages back to the other car. They move to the other car. They go to get their guy out that's been shot really badly. He's, He's dead. dead. Yep. He's dead. They leave him behind. Sure. They get in the car. They peel out of there. Wait, did they take the money? Nope. What? Left the money behind. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Left the money behind. 
<laughs> so they're driving and they're like, the only thing we can do is go down like these country roads and get, there's like, they call it like, in these articles, they call it like brush and thicket. It yeah. just keeps getting like heavier and heavier. So they just keep driving this car like as far into this as they can. They're yeah. not being pursued anymore. But at some point, the car stops. They can't drive right. anymore. So they abandon the car. And when they abandon the car and take off on foot, they leave the two little girls in it. Oh, geez. The car was later found. The girls were fine. Okay. Thank goodness. But now these guys are on foot and the search continues. Oh, my God. And they don't have money. They have nothing. They've got nothing now. They've got nothing but one of the guys killed and one of the guys shot. Um, okay, at what point did they realize they'd forgotten the money? I don't know. Can you imagine? No. Because you know it was one of those, you got the money, right? Yeah. I thought you got the money. I thought you got the money, yeah. Over the next couple of days, the town of Cisco was on edge, as the three remaining bandits were still at large. The Santa Claus robbery was on the forefront of everyone's mind. Even small children. Oh, that would be so disturbing. During a Christmas Eve service at a packed church, when Santa Claus made an appearance, a little boy cried out in a shaky voice, Santa Claus, why did you rob that bank? Oh, poor little guy. That's so sad. That is so (laughs) sad. so sad. (laughs) Because, yeah, to these little kids. Yeah. It's Santa. Yeah. How could he? How could Santa do this? So sad. The search for the men spread out from Cisco, and a few days after the robbery, the men were spotted in South Bend, Texas, which is about an hour from Cisco. And another gun battle ensued. You're kidding me. They're like driving down this road, and like all of the surrounding towns had been alerted like they might be coming. So yeah. this a police officer is like sitting on this road and he sees like this little roadster, like a little sports car with yeah. three guys in it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what's that? And the car's like swerving. And then he sees one of the guys has a gun. Oh, God. Yeah. And so like, I don't know how suddenly there's all these police there. I don't know exactly how it happened. Yeah. And the guys get out of the roadster and they take off on foot and they're running in all different directions and one of the guys that happens to be there happens to be like the most famous like texas police officer ever he's like i'm sorry i don't remember his name hold on i can find it real real super fast barney five barney cy bradford okay is cy bradford he's one of the most famous they call him called him a peacekeeper but uh, he was also a really good shot. So. Oh, well, I guess there are a number of ways to keep the peace, huh? So he, like, takes focus on the guy that was Santa Claus. He's ditched the Santa Claus costume by now. So I he doesn't really so. know that it was Santa Claus. But that's who he's kind of following. And he just starts taking shots at him. <laughs> he shoots him. He hits him. He goes down. He doesn't come back up. Oh, well. So they take him into custody. Meanwhile, the other two have disappeared. They're gone. They take this. They search for him or for them. There's two of them. Yeah. For a couple of days in this area. At one point, like the two guys were hiding like under the ledge of this giant boulder and the searchers were standing on top of it. It's like a fucking movie. Yes. (laughs) This is one of those things. If you saw it in a movie, you'd be like, this is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So they take the guy that was Santa Claus into custody and he is like, 
he has like an armory on him. He's got all these guns. He's got tons of ammunition. It's just like in his jacket, yeah. like belted on him. And they said it was like the most heavily armed man that they'd taken into custody, like to date at that point. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So they've got him in custody. Meanwhile, the other two are still out there. So they've expanded, like, the search. Like I said before, everybody in the surrounding towns knows that there's these two men. So police in Graham, Texas, get a call on December 30th from this guy who owns a boarding house. And he's like, Mm. hey. So Graham, Texas is like an hour north of Cisco. Okay. So he's like, hey, I've got these two guys that are looking to rent a room, but they seem super sketchy. And I just saw that one of them has a gun in his belt. I think they might be the guys. Yeah. So police respond. They come. They take these guys into custody without incident. They are so That shocks me. They're so weak from being on the run for almost a week now. All they had eaten to that point was like two oranges (laughs) and some stolen uh, cobs of corn. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. (laughs) So they're so weak. They just were looking for somewhere to stay the night. (laughs) And so they can't even, they couldn't have even fought if they wanted to. Like there was just no way. So they take them into custody without incident. Did they fit into their dresses though? They did. Yeah. They went to that wedding and they looked great. (laughs) (laughs) That's all that matters really. That's right. It turns out, like, during the time that they were on the run, they had become so delirious that they kept accidentally ending up back in Cisco again. <laughs> I love it. And they'd have to be like, oh, shit, like, we got to get out of here. Well, those poor guys, they were probably just driving around on instinct, yeah. right? They didn't have maps. Yes. And, so- and then, like, at some, sometimes they had, like, they stole a couple cars and they'd have a car for a while and then they'd wreck it and then they'd have to go off on foot again, like... It was just a shit show. <laughs> Is it weird that I'm almost feeling sorry for these guys? Right? Yeah, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. So who were these men that robbed the bank and set off the largest manhunt in Texas history to that they point? They were idiots. Yeah. And like they said that this crime was like at the the details of it were so lurid at that time and everybody was so involved in it that it like overshadowed any tales of like the wild west or anything like that it was like Whoa. it was crazy people are like can't believe something like this is happening in modern day like not even a manhunt was to this scale was used like during like the james gang searches and stuff like that like wow yeah crazy so the gang marshall ratliff was the man dressed as santa claus he was a cisco native Hence the disguise. Uh Uh-huh. And had just been paroled after serving a tiny portion of his sentence for another bank robbery. Oh, geez. So it's kind of a weird deal. So one article said he was actually pardoned by the governor. Uh Uh-huh. Another said he was paroled by the governor. So I don't know which is true. But he was sentenced to like 90 years or something like that for a bank robbery. And he served like a couple of years and then was let out. Oh, that's weird. And he was weird. specifically released, for sure, by, by the, the governor. governor. Yeah. That's super Super odd. weird. Was he well-connected? I mean, no, he had to have been, he right? was, I don't know. It seems like he's a nobody, but... Oh, that's weird. Super weird. Um, in that bank robbery, so it had happened in another town, but he'd been tracked to Cisco, where uh-huh. he was from, 
and he'd actually been arrested by police chief Bedford, the same guy who was shot and killed during the shootout in the alley. Yes. Yeah. Um, His surviving accomplices were Henry Helms. He was the man that was armed with the two guns. Yeah. (laughs) And Robert Hill. They were both ex-cons that he'd met in prison. I'm really disappointed that they didn't have cool nicknames. I know, right? I was were, really... I, like, there were no nicknames. I totally expected they would have nicknames, too. Damn. Okay, yeah. fine. It's kind of a bummer. So he'd met them when he was in prison at Huntsville Prison in Texas. Right. As for the robber who died from his wounds that he suffered in the gun battle, he was Lewis Davis, a relative of Henry Helms, and he had no criminal record. Damn. Yeah. Kind of feel bad for that guy. I mean, he got I, himself into it. But. Yeah. I I mean, wh- I think you lose me when you start involving little girls. In yeah, it. yeah. That's probably true. Marshall Ratliff was the first to be tried. No one in the bank could identify him. He'd been in a Santa suit. It the sounded whole like his time. Santa suit sucked, though. Okay, so some of the articles called it a Santa mask that he had on. Oh. So I'm wondering what a Santa suit of that time period yeah. looked like. So maybe yeah. he did have like a full, like super fucking creepy I bet he plastic did. mask. I bet he did. Yeah. He probably did. Yeah. I mean, no wonder. Like, imagine how hard kids would have cried when they saw that Santa. Oh, God. I mean, kids cry when they see regular Santa. So. Creepy fucking mask, Santa. <laughs> Did I ever tell you a couple years ago, no. Allie, uh, my niece, uh-huh. was going to meet Santa? You know, everybody wants the picture yeah. of the kid on Santa's lap. Yeah. She just shook his hand. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you, sir. Yeah. Which I love. She That's shook awesome. his hand, said what she wanted for Christmas, and it was very businesslike. That's hilarious. So no one who was in the bank that day could identify Marshall Ratliff because of the Santa suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I said that again. It was because of the screen door. <laughs> it was because they had seen him through that screen door. Okay, remember. Which Kristen, again, what this is, is a what door? The hell is this that? is a door, okay? Uh-huh. It's see through, but it has a screen to keep like bugs and stuff from coming in, but it allows the wind to pass through it. So you can get a nice breeze going in those hot summer months. <laughs> I've never seen or heard of anything like this. Shut up. I'm just making fun of you because normally I'm the one who says I know, the obvious stuff. stuff. Yes. One person could identify Marshall Ratliff, though. Who? One of the little girls that they had oh. taken. So it was the 10-year-old girl who was named, fuck, Emma Ray Robinson. I thought she was the younger one. Yeah, that's the 10-year-old one. The other one was 12. Oh, I'm sorry. God. Wow, trying to catch me there, huh? It was, because I said Wanda and Juanita <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> so it was the 10-year-old Emma Ray Robinson who could identify Marshall Ratliff. Because when they had gotten in the car and he was trying to, like, figure out his injuries, his jaw was really hurting. Right. So he took, so when he took yeah. off the mask or the beard, I don't know. Yeah, whatever it was. To I see what was going on, she recognized his face as a citizen of Cisco. Oh, my God. She knew who he was immediately. Wow. Good and for she, her. She testified in court. He was charged with robbery with a firearm, 
or multiple firearms, which at the time was a crime eligible for the death penalty in Whoa. Texas. Yeah. So he um, he didn't testify in his own defense. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a ton of evidence because there were so many shots fired. It was hard to say who fired what. Yeah. So really the biggest testimony was the little girl saying, yeah, I recognized him in the car. Oh, that's crazy. The jury found him guilty and sentenced him to 99 years. Wow. In response to that sentence, he said, that's no hill for a high stepper like me. Uh, <laughs> and then he died in prison? Oh, did he? Yes, he did. Oh, no, he, we'll, the governor did not let him out again. I guess we'll have to listen and find out, Kristen. <laughs> he was later charged again for the murder of Chief Bedford. And for that, he was found guilty and was given the electric chair. Oh. It's Texas. (laughs) Buzz, buzz. Henry Helms was the next to be tried, and he sat through trial with his head down, only looking up in interest during one point in the trial. And that was when they brought in his four guns as evidence. So the whole time he's like sitting there, not looking at anything. And then he's like, that's my shit. Yeah. And then when they brought his guns in, it was said that he like looked up with interest and like his eyes lit up. Like, yeah, super crazy. Because so many of the weapons that were used in the crime were his, the jury sentenced him to death. Wow. When they did so, though, like several of them were crying or had tears in their eyes. It was definitely something that was very difficult for them to do. But it was the punishment that they felt fit the crime. Yeah. Robert Hill was the last to be test to be testified to be tried, (laughs) tried. And unlike the others, he confessed to his part in it. He testified in court. Robert Hill was the last to be tried. And unlike the others, he confessed to his part in the crime. And he took the witness stand. He was only 21 at the time. Wait, he confessed, but he was a witness? Yeah, so he confessed, but he didn't plead guilty necessarily. He confessed to what he thought that he should be held responsible for. Oh, Okay. So he played a part, but he said he just, you know, he didn't shoot anyone. He just was there and he watched the whatever. He watched, I think he was the one that watched everybody. Okay. um, Or whatever. Okay. So he didn't like take a deal or anything. No, he didn't take a deal. He was still tried, but he, he testified and downplayed his involvement. Well, sure. It was all those other bad guys. Um, He told the jury that. He'd had a really tough life. He was an orphan and he'd bounced around through the system and in one time had been placed in like a a boys reform school, even though he'd committed no crime. Like that's typically oh. where they sent juveniles who had done things and he'd never done anything. But that's he just where they didn't have him. anybody. To yeah. And for what it was worth, it seemed to work a little bit. They didn't sentence him to death. They yeah. sentenced him to 99 years. <laughs> So after he was taken to prison, he escaped almost immediately. What? Yeah. He escaped like three different times. And they kept bringing him back. 
So it was like three different times that he tried to escape and they brought him back each time. The third time he was out for several weeks before they caught him and then they put him under like higher security and he wasn't able to escape again. It took three times before they finally put him in higher security. Yeah, exactly. That's ridiculous. So what happened? Did they carry out the death sentences on these guys? Yes. It's Texas, right? What the hell? So Do I not know Texas? <laughs> so Henry Helms and Marshall Ratliff, once they got to prison, they both put on these kind of acts where they started to... It's believed that they were pretending, but maybe they weren't. Mm-hmm. They both claimed that they were insane. And they both appealed their sentences to the Texas... Supreme Court! And so they were insane and they couldn't be... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And they couldn't be sentenced to death because they They were were insane. insane. Yeah. And so the Supreme Court looked it over in both cases and in both cases it was deemed that they were sane. Wow. Yes. Um, So all of Helm's filings for insanity were deemed... What's the word? Unsuccessful. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> and on, on September 6, 1929, he was put to death by the electric chair. Wow. The same cannot be said for Ratliff. So he was doing the same thing. He was pretending to be insane. Uh-huh. At one point, he laid down in his cot and he didn't speak or move or get up for like days. Oh, my God. Yes. And so they were, like, moving him to a different portion of the jail because they really believed, like, maybe something has happened to him. He's really either gone into a state or he's had some kind of something happen to him. Yeah. And so he was in this less secured portion of the jail. Oh, my God. Do not tell me. And then one night. He got up. When they were locking up another portion of the jail, he got up from his cot. He went downstairs he got the keys to let himself out. No. Yeah. But the jailer caught it all happening in this big, like, ruckus ensued. And so they're, like, having this fight, this argument. Uh, somehow, like, a word gets out in the town that this is going on at the what? jail. And townspeople just start coming to the jail. So by this time, um, somehow, um, Ratliff has gotten a gun. Uh huh. But the jailer's daughter also worked at the jail, and so she comes in and she saves her dad, and she gets what? the gun away. This is nuts. It's nuts. It's nuts. So they get him secured. Yeah. They're, they're like, okay, clearly this was a fucking act securing you. Yep. No problem. Whatever. Well, by now this huge crowd has gathered. Yes. Outside of the jail, people are pissed. They're like. Why hasn't this guy been executed yet? It's, I don't know, fucking September by now? Something like that? November. It's November. And they're like, this guy should have been executed by now. He was sentenced to death. The other guy that was sentenced to death is already executed. He's already put in for an insanity plea. That was denied. This guy should be executed. So a group of men force their way into the jail. And they try, they're trying to get up to him. They can't get there. Like they finally, the the jailer gets them out and he like, you know, kind of regains control of the situation. Holy shit. For a second. 
Then a larger group overtakes it and forces their way in. And they get Marshall Ratliff and they pull him out of the jail. And they're carrying him through the streets. This is the craziest story you have ever told. And at 9.30 p.m. on November 19th, they lynch him in the town square. No. Yep. Holy crap. They took justice into their own hands. Texas style. Texas style, y'all. Whoa. They hung Santa Claus. Oh my God. Right before Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No one was ever charged with anything in relation to the lynching. Whoa. Mm hmm. Because nobody saw a thing. Nobody saw a thing. That's right. Um, in Cisco today, there's like this little, there's like this pole in town that's kind of picketed off yeah. with a little picket fence. It's got a little marker that says it's the official pole that he was hung up on and lynched from. You're kidding me. Yeah. It's not really known if it's the actual real pole. But I'm there just is surprised like a somebody little, would want to mark that. Well, and the actual noose that was used is like in a museum there too. Gross. Yeah. I kind of want to see it. I know. Me too. And uh, that's the story of the time Santa Claus robbed a bank. That was amazing. <laughs> Wasn't that crazy? That puts my little cookie story to shame. <laughs> there was no shootout in mine. <laughs> no shootout. No lynchings. Just a panic attack. That's right. And small claims court. Small claims court. Okay, that was that was nuts. Yeah. Should we tell some holiday stories now? Yeah. Please do. Tell me your, as a child, your favorite toy you ever got for Christmas. Do you know? The year we got the trampoline mm -hmm. was amazing. Yeah. But also, like, best gift I've ever gotten. Yeah. When I was 15, my mom got me a leather jacket. Ooh. I thought it was the coolest, chicest thing. It probably was. Did it have a belt? Tied around the You mean waist. you don't remember my leather jacket? I think jacket that I do remember. School. It had a folding. Did it have a, a yeah. collar? Yeah. Yeah. It was like a pea coat, but yeah. leather. Yeah. yeah. I remember it. I mean, I never seen anything so chic in my life. That's right. And it graced the halls of Shawnee Mission Northwest. <laughs> what about you? Um, I have a couple of Christmases that come to mind. Um, we got a, it was like a joint present to right. me and my sister and I don't know if it was from my parents or from Santa but it was the Barbie dream mansion oh oh that's cool it was super cool it did it have the pool yeah it had everything and I remember my dad spending hours putting it together for us oh my god it was huge to well, my yeah, little kid it self. was the mansion yeah 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 and then one year we got a dog for Christmas Oh, my gosh. When I was really little. So I think I, I was probably four. Okay. My parents were still married. Uh-huh. Um, and the dog was from Santa. Uh-huh. She was this little black dog. Her, we named her Kelly. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but she had a scarf on her when we came down uh -huh. in the morning. And my dad told us that it was Santa's scarf. And that he'd put it on her on the sleigh because she'd gotten cold. Oh. My dad said that he had heard the dog barking and that it woke him up. And he came down. He found Santa in the living room. 
And that Santa covered my dad's eyes, made his eyes close with his magic Santa mittens, and then had disappeared. And all that was left was our dog. And the screen door slammed (laughs) shut, and all the money was gone. That's so sweet. I think that same Christmas, I think it was that same Christmas. I can't imagine that I remember more than one Christmas with my parents married, because I was pretty young when they got divorced. What we went to a movie on Christmas Eve. We went and saw Prancer, uh-huh. which is a super sad movie. It's not a great Christmas I, movie. I kind of vaguely remember it. Yeah, but um, we had gotten home, and there was an airplane in the sky. You could just see its red flashing light. Uh-huh. My parents told us it was Santa, and that we needed to go in and go to bed so that he wouldn't skip our house. Oh, <laughs> see now, you. Actually, remember believing in Santa. Yeah, right? I yeah. don't believe. I don't remember. Yeah, ever. Believing. I remember believing in Santa. Yeah, as an adult, best Christmas. I think I Zach's been really good about like doing these little surprises for me. Like one year, I wanted a laptop so bad. Uh huh. Um, we had like a stupid desktop, like. <sighs> And so I was like, maybe, you know, maybe with our tax money, we can get a laptop or something like that. Yeah. And so we, I don't even know that we did Christmas presents with each other that year. And so we went over to my dad's house for Christmas Mm. and Zach had gotten me a laptop and he had taken it over to their house so that I would open it. Like I wouldn't see it at our house. I would open it with our presents over there. So I was like, all of a sudden I have this present from Zach and I'm like, what is this? And I open it up. It's a laptop. I like lost my mind. I could not believe that he totally pulled off the surprise. It was really cool. Okay. This is the, this is the weirdest thing. Did you have the same thing happen? Okay. Several years ago. This is so weird. What? Several years ago. I really wanted a new laptop. What? But I mean, same deal. Like we weren't making that much money. It was kind of a big yeah. thing. And that year we had decided we would only like do stockings for each other. Yeah. And it was only going to be like 20 bucks. You know, we yeah. like, had this thing. So we'd both done that for each other and we were done. And then he pulls out this extra present and it was a laptop. I was stunned. Holy that is the weirdest shit, thing. So weird. What year was it? Do you remember? Oh my gosh, I don't know. Mine was like maybe 2011, 2012. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> that is so weird. Probably. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That's super weird. God, there's We've had these weird things though like super where weird like similarities in our lives. Yeah, yeah, like when we were living in different places but like we wore the same perfume, yes. which I think is so, so bizarre. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Odd. Um, last year, Zach surprised me with a new Apple Watch. So I... I'm sorry. Wow, peanut. What was that? Sounded like peanut hawked up an Apple Watch. Yeah, no kidding. Um so I I have had an Apple Watch for years. I had the Series 1, and I yeah. use it at work a lot because yeah. I can use the timer on it. And then, like, while I'm really busy at the salon, I can still see my text messages and stuff like that. And so I had wanted the new one, which was the Series 3 that came out last year, because it was waterproof. Yeah. And so I was always, like, the one I had was water-resistant, but, like, the speakers wouldn't work right on it after yeah. for a little while after I'd do a shampoo. And my hands are in water all the time at the salon. And so I was like, oh, that'd be cool to have the new one since it's waterproof or whatever. And so 
Zach went and got it for me like the day before Christmas, but his surprise was ruined by Sprint. What? He bought it from the Sprint store. Oh. And they sent me an email receipt. <laughs> and so I text him. I'm like, hey, I just got a weird receipt. Like, I thought somebody had, like, well, yeah, purchased something on your account or yeah. something. Yeah. I was like, I just got a weird email from Sprint. And he's like, what? <laughs> and then when I got, so he found out that his surprise was ruined. He's like, dang, you know, I was really trying to surprise you. And I'm like, that's so sweet of you. Like, it's still a surprise. Yeah. Now. And I get home and he had already wrapped it, made oh. it look just like my other presents. And he had hidden it under our tree. Oh, that sucks. That sucked for him that his surprise was ruined. But I was still really, well, yeah, really super excited. Awesome. It was a good surprise. Um. On a related note, yeah. Birchbox, if you're already in their system and someone buys you a gift card, I don't know that if they've changed yeah. this, but um, they will notify you like, thanks for signing up again. Oh, blah, blah, blah. No! <laughs> a couple days before my birthday last yeah. year, I got an email. Thank you for signing up for another year, Birchbox. I was like, oh, really? I guess I know yes. what Norman got me. <laughs> That's funny. Yep. I really love Christmas. I do too. I'm a big fan of Christmas. I really love giving gifts. Yeah. Like there's something about like picking out a gift that you think somebody's really going to love. That's really exciting to me. You're a really good gift giver. I put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. So it's also a little bit stressful (laughs) because I'm like, I want it to be something somebody really wants. Like socks. Yes. And well, to Zach, that would be the best Christmas gift ever. He loves socks. socks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I know. (laughs) Do you have your Christmas shopping done? Um, Officially, it is done. I have, I think, two things that I have to order. I need to get them ordered like tonight yeah they're from amazon so yeah. oh, i can good. still get it in time and then i have not wrapped a single item i have been like okay so you know me i'm on a jersey shore kick right yeah. now so now anytime i get anything new it's just boom i sit in front of jersey shore yeah. i wrap my present stick yeah. it in the closet because kiki i discovered this last year likes to open presents yeah so it's really upsetting to me that I haven't wrapped anything yet because it's my favorite part of Christmas. Yeah. I love wrapping presents. Me too. I love picking, like, I always pick, like, a theme for my presents every year. Uh-huh. And so I've got my stuff for it. I just haven't started wrapping anything yet. Pretty excited to do it. <laughs> do you have a ritual? Is there something you watch while you wrap? I usually watch a Christmas movie while yeah. I do it. Yeah. Like Not a, Jersey, a Jersey Shore. Shore. <laughs> <laughs> No, my favorite thing to watch when I rap is the Christmas epi- like the first Christmas episode of The Office. Where oh they yeah, do the Secret Santa yeah. and Michael buys an iPod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and there's a twenty dollar limit. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Oh, Merry Christmas, folks! Merry Christmas! Happy holidays! Happy New Year! Happy Kwanzaa! Happy what else is there? Happy Hanukkah! Yeah. And whatever else. Happy if you happy to happy everything. winter if you don't celebrate any of those holidays. You know what I hate? What? People who talk about the war on Christmas. Oh yeah. They're trying to get us to not say it. Oh shut up. Yeah. They're trying to be inclusive. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> How many people do you think I offended just then? Um I don't twelve? Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. It's probably a fair guess. I don't feel like we have very many buttholes who listen to this. I hope we have no buttholes who listen to this. 
I hope everyone There's who listens to this every group. A- has a butthole. But <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a real short life. Yeah. I wonder what happens if you're born without a butthole. I would hope they could make one you think for they, you. Or you get a colostomy bag, they, right? They like cut a balloon knot off of a balloon and they just... Sing glue that on? <laughs> they try to get it as close to like your flesh tone as possible, but you know... <laughs> You're in a kind of a dire situation, so you get what you I get. I like that I went colostomy bag, and you're like, oh, yeah, they just super glue on a balloon nut. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> Do you think that there's been people who are born without buttholes? Sure. Of course. Like premature babies? Things aren't fully developed? Absolutely. You think their butthole's not developed? You know what? This is getting gross. <laughs> this episode is coming out on Christmas. I think that's enough butthole talk. Listen, folks. Thank you so much for listening. We yeah. have had the best time this year doing these episodes. We hope you have a great holiday, however you celebrate, whatever you celebrate, with your friends and loved ones. Yeah, I'm just nodding along. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Thank you, Kristen, for adding that heartfelt <laughs> I agree. note in there. <laughs> um, hey, if you're looking for the perfect thing to get us this holiday. Oh, yeah. You know what it would be? What would it be? A review on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've already done that, just tell a friend. Yeah, seriously, tell a friend. Tell five friends. And talk about us on Reddit. Too. Yeah. Talk about us on social media. Really, just climb the nearest mountain to yeah. your home mm-hmm. and just shout it out. That's all we ask, that you climb a mountain. Yeah. And profess your love for us. And then I hope you'll join us next week. When we'll be experts on two whole new topics. Podcast adjourned. Ho, ho, ho. And now for a note about our process. I read a bunch of stuff, then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary. And I copy and paste from the best sources on the web, and sometimes Wikipedia. So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts. For this episode, I got my info from newspapers.com, ABC News, and the East Bay Times. And I got my info from Startling Detective Adventures, TexasEscapes.com, the Texas State Historical Association, and Wikipedia. For a full list of our sources, visit lgtcpodcast.com. Any errors are, of course, ours, but please don't take our word for it. Go read their stuff. <laughs>